It's Monday, October 10th. Happy 10-10 day. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who actually dated all three Sanderson sisters and lived to tell about it. <laughs> J.P. Shedrick. I, I'm not sure what that even means, but okay. Uh, I'll take it. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. And it's Monday. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy, busy show ahead. Of course, the next two hours is Pro Football Hall of Fame left tackle Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco of CBS Sports as well. The Texans over the Jaguars in Week 5, 13-6, the final score. We've got plenty of Fanatics fan questions, many of those around the quarterback position today. We'll get to that in the second hour. And we'll go around the National Football League and hear some of the radio calls from yesterday. Well, Doug Peterson speaking with the media today, this afternoon, a day after the Jaguars lost to fall to two and three, and the question of how to teach a team to finish games. You just keep showing them on film, right? You show it during the week of practice. You have conversations during the week. You just you go over it and over it and over it. You know, I, I go over it. You know, as my messaging to the team uh, each week, you got to stay consistent with it. You know, we know that there's going to be some, you know, some bumps and some hiccups in the road. That's that's just that's part of it, uh, and it's our job as coaches too to to help minimize you know those. And so, yeah, it falls on the players because they're the ones playing. But I think us, myself, you know, as a staff, we take you know we take in pride in, in helping those guys get through it. And then Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars quarterback, right after the game yesterday. Yes, he made a critical mistake in the red zone with the interception. The offense, though, 0 for 3 in the red zone. It's a tough watch the day after. It's frustrating to watch the tape, and like I, like I always say, watch the tape before I say too much. But really, obviously, you know, I had a few plays out there that I won back. Um, missed a few, that one play in the red zone. Obviously, just a bad, bad decision. Put us in a bad spot and then just didn't capitalize. As a unit, we didn't take advantage of the opportunities that we had and really played into what they wanted us to do, you know, make those mistakes and get in third and long and then um, get us to punt in or whatever, a couple times to turn it over on downs. It's just didn't play our, our style of football, um, didn't play well. Um, this, one, this one stings and everybody feels it in the air, and, um, as, as you should. It's a division game. It's a, it's a game where, you know, we feel confident and thought we had a good plan and just didn't execute it, and uh, we got to be better. It stings, all right. That's the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. He had some early incompletions in the game, and then, as we mentioned, of course, the struggles in the red zone for the offense. Tony Baselli and Pete Prisco joining us now. A good afternoon to you both, and how are we feeling today, Pete? Oh, I'm feeling great. I mean, look, the, the team must not be feeling very well, and they spoiled Tony's ring ceremony. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> Tony, what kind of respect What kind of respect do they show you? They lose to the Texans at home on ring ceremony day? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it wasn't great, but I'll say this. It was still, it was still a lot of fun. It was a great day still. Fans, shod, organization. Um, it would have been nice to uh, kind of – cement the great day with the victory but that's the way it goes it was still did, uh it was still good did you really get a key to the city the other day <laughs> yeah on thursday on thursday <laughs> oh my god don't give those to anybody 
Well, you, you don't have one. No, because I am the mayor. I'm the one who should have been giving you the damn key. Just ask him. He'll tell you I'm the real mayor. <laughs> so funny. How was the weekend? It, it looked like it was a lot of old players there that you probably hadn't seen in a while. It was a lot of fun. It was, uh, and it, I thought it was, you know, probably one of our better alumni weekends. And uh, it was fun. Fr- Friday night, they had Top Golf part of it rented out for us. So we all got together and hung out and laughed and uh, ate some food and, and did that. Um, yeah, it was, it, the whole weekend was great, Pete. It was a lot of fun to see guys. T Brack came back for the first time in that forever. Wow. Yeah, that was good to see, see T Brack, and uh, it was just fun. I like, you know, those things are fun when everyone. Gets yeah, together. I mean, I, I, I wish I could be a part of something like that because I haven't seen a lot of those guys in years. Some of them probably still want to smack me, but other than that, it would be fun <laughs> to be around a lot of. Them. That's true. Brack has didn't talk to me for like five years. I wonder if he would talk to me now. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, why? Why is that? I didn't say anything. Oh, what happened? They weren't. When they got when he got there, they warned him about me. He said, "So I said, okay." And he never wanted to talk to me. <laughs> How about that? It's pretty good. Smart man. Yeah. Hey, hey, was there, hey, Tony, was there anybody from those? Before we get to the game, was there anybody uh, from those teams that beside him that maybe the early teams that you hadn't seen in a while that showed up? Um, no, I don't think so. I think he was like you know. It was a usual cast of characters. I think he was the uh, the one that was good to see. He hadn't been there for a while. Yeah, that's good. It was fun. Well, sounds like it was a good weekend. So it was fun. It was good. It, it was cool. The game then happened after that. It was a field goal fest in the first <laughs> half, six six game, and then the Jaguars throw the interception in the red zone in the third quarter, and then in the fourth quarter. Well, uh, they're they're going down the field. It's third and twenty. There's an offside, and then Trayvon Walker throws the quarterback to the ground for an unnecessary roughness to keep the drive alive, and they end up scoring the game-winning touchdown with Damian Pierce looking like Earl Campbell at the end of the drive, and it's thirteen to six. Um, this one, as Trevor said, stings Tony for sure for a number of reasons, but uh, there you have it. Some mistakes again. Well, listen, a lot of the shine is going to come off the team because of this this loss to Houston. I mean, you had a lot of goodwill, um, a lot of people talking about how this team could have easily been 4-0. Well, if you're going to be that team, then you got to go beat the Texans. And, and I'm not taking – I'm trying. I really don't want to take anything away from the Texans. They, they played a good game. Lovey Smith was smart. You know, he he uh, he's a good defensive coach. He's a, he's a good football guy. But – the Jaguars, I mean, I think they're the more talented team. They have the better quarterback. Um, they have the better receivers as, as a group. Um, I think they have the better offensive line, better defense. I mean, they, they're better at most positions, and they got – and so you have to win those games. You have to win the games where you're the favor, favorite and they're very winnable, and they just did not play well. I thought defensively they played, they played winning football. Anytime you can hold someone to 13 points, it's enough in this league to win. Um but that play by Trayvon Walker, he's going to learn from it because that's as bad as it gets. Bad enough to jump off sides on third and 20. You know, okay, it happens. Um, it shouldn't because really all you have to do is just get off the field. I mean, a, you know, don't, don't commit a penalty. But to throw down what the quarterback like that, there's just no excuse. I mean, there's no, absolutely no excuse to do that. It's just bad football. 
Um, and that extended the drive. I'm not, I'm not saying that's why they lost it, but they're off the field there otherwise, and they're going to get the ball back and hopefully go all they need at that point is a field goal. Um, so that was obviously changing, but I think the biggest thing is the offense. The offense was not very good. I mean, take away that play, great. But overall, the defense is fine. Offensively, they weren't. Um, they never really got the run game going in a dominant fa- fashion. They had some, they popped some stuff. And I think anytime you get a cover two team, you got to get the run game going a little bit, see if you can force them out of that. The other things I don't think Trevor uh, at times didn't take what the defense was giving him. Uh, Pete and I were talking about before we came on the air, some check downs and stuff was there. Um, easy throws. And then he was inaccurate. He was inaccurate again at times. I mean, high throws, high and behind, you know, even when balls you could say, well, he probably should have caught that. But they're, they're like, they have to be heroic catches at times. Um, and you you want to put your guys in a position where they can catch it, do something with it afterwards. And then and then the biggest negative play of the game was that interception. It's, a, it's second and one. You're in the tight red zone. You can't make that throw. Okay, but why were they th- – here's one for you. Why were they throwing? But that's the, I, I was fine with that. That's who Doug Peterson is, Pete. Eh. I, I, how, I think, how about this? Run for it. Go well, run he could have run. He could have yeah. run easily for the first down. No, I get it, Tony, but why not just smash it in there, get your first down, and go from there? Because, Pete, you have an athletic quarterback. You think if he gets on the edge and no one's open, he's not going to throw it to the guy's chest. He literally could have walked for the first down. You also could have run the ball for a first down, and then you go from that's there. That's my point. Well, I mean, you no, can't not be, him. Oh, I mean, that's, that's I, playing. That's playing Monday morning quarterback. It's a terrible. It was a terrible throw by him. It was a terrible was a decision. Call. It's a terrible decision. A I, I didn't like the call, but he could have run Why? for a first down because you run for the first down, then you got three more plays to go get it. He, he was on the edge. The play was designed perfectly. If it's not there to throw it, run for the first down. He, he should have run for the first down. I get it, but I still would. I, I, probably I, think, would I think you're ridiculous for criticizing Doug Peterson on that call. I mean, I'm not, I'm not I'm, I'm criti- I, I'm, First and foremost, Trevor deserves most criticism because he threw a crappy ball. Well, you just did criticize him. You said you, you, you why didn't I would have run it. I would have run it. No, you, Pete, it is, you can't say that after the fact. You can't just always be right because you have the – you, you have yes, the ability. I can. No, yes, you I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. It's not. That's not fair. It's after the fact. How about so you in that situation? Three hundred and twenty-five pound Tony Baselli would have been okay with them not running behind him at left tackle. No, I always wanted to run behind me though. Okay, He's stupid. I'm a player. I always wanted to run behind me. My point is that play was fine as a play called by Doug Peterson. He had a run pass option. He could have run for the first down. I, I don't know what he was looking at. I've looked at it from every angle. What was you know he what I think he, You know what I think he saw? He saw Stingley with his back to him at one point because Stingley had his back to the field, and maybe that's what he saw. I don't. There, there's no room in there at all. I don't know what he's seeing. How about, I mean, um, how about these ridiculous phone calls after the game last night on the postgame show and tweets all day today about uh, wanting to see C.J. Beathard? I'm like, give me a break. I mean, look, I, I went back and watched the tape today because I wanted to see for sure. You watch it on TV and you go, okay, it didn't look good. There were probably four or five throws where he was high. His mechanics seem a little off. He's high. Those you can fix. The checkdowns that Tony is just talking about, those are concerning. That's what he has to get to. 
And I think he was sped up at times, Tony. He left a couple clean pockets too, which were not is not a good. There sign. was no pressure. All no, time. no. Done. And and he left. Like, he, he left like, where clean are you pockets. Going? Where are right. you going? Stay there. Just yeah. Hang out. These are it's things that a young quarterback does, but we didn't think he'd be doing it this at this point in his career. I didn't, anyways. I thought I thought he had progressed past this. And you're right. This is two games in a row where the checkdowns are there and he didn't take them. He's got to get off the one, two, and get it down to three and four and get the ball down. Check it down. He had a first down. It was, I think it was a, a third down play where he tried to fit one in on the sideline and he had the check it was, down. Yeah, to, it was fourth down, I think. Fourth down to ETN. He had him on the sideline wide open. He didn't. It would have, if he throws it to him, he gets a first down. Easy. Move on from there. Well, and Pete, what you another thing you forget is those plays sometimes turn into big plays because all ETN has to do is make one guy miss. Right. And now it's instead of a first down, it's a 20 plus yard run. And I mean, that's one thing that I noticed yesterday. There was, there was a couple of 20 yard plus throws by him, but there was no, outside like ETN making that nice run. There was no, uh, there was like no extra effort, not extra effort plays. There was like, you know what I'm saying? Above the X's and O's. Like take a five yard run and make it a 50 yard run or take right. a, a slant that's five yards and turn it into a 30 yard run. Right. You know, there was none of that. Right. It was not, like, not, it, yeah. it was very point to point to point to point. And that's hard. That's hard to do. But for all those out there, JP, that you just mentioned talking about, you know, benching them and whatever. Right. What, I mean, Go back and watch some of those throws he made, like the one on the when he's rolling to his left and he throws his shot down the field. I mean, my God, right. there's only so many people can throw that. Like, but he's just got, he's just got to get better at the little things because right now it's the little things that are causing him to not look like a really good quarterback. A mechanically, I don't Tony. I think the rush is somehow in his head and it shouldn't be. Uh, you know, like a step through on his throws, he's high because he's not stepping. You know, I don't think his mechanics are right. And Denny would know. Denny works works with him probably no better than I would. But his high throws. And then the check downs. It's okay to check it down. You can't be, you know, people call that hero ball. They they called it hero ball with Jameis Winston for his entire career. It's okay to check it down. Well, especially, Pete, if they're playing that soft cover two zone where the, 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 the corners are getting depth. So that window is not very good, that kind of like uh, – that corner out window or that deep out window is not there between the safety and the corner because they're playing so soft. Like just check it down, get it to them, let them go to work, make a guy miss. And, you know, that could almost even become the run game for you. Right. I mean, I'm with you, Tony. I just think there's a couple little things that he needs to get off his primaries quicker, quit worrying about the rush. You take shots. He's tough when he stands in there. At times he imagines stuff coming to him. Like, Get, he gets out of there. I know he's an athletic quarterback, but he didn't need to get out of there. But the whole idea that he's a bust and he should be benched is just absurd. Please, people, shut up. Uh, Pete, you and I always don't agree, but I'm 100% with you. The guys played 22 games, and I, I actually canceled 17 of those because they, they were with <laughs> – <laughs> they were with the genius. <laughs> they were they were with your favorite coach of all time. Oh my god! Um, and so, like, give the kids going to be fine. Um, it was a bad loss. By the way, I said the defense played fine, but 
they played fine, but they made bad mistakes when it counted. So you can't they, do that. They didn't tackle very well either. Right. Not at the end. No, right. they did not. And they had missed tackles and they got to be better because that's an offense. I mean, they could, they could have won that game six, three, if they're playing at their level. And, or, you know, or make it 6-6 six, six and let the, the Jags have the ball at the end and try to kick a field goal to win it. And so that was – I mean, the defense is not without blame here. But offensively, you have to get more production than six points in this league against that defense. I mean, you got you, you have to. And uh, it starts with the quarterback. I don't, I don't think – it was. I don't think it was James Robinson's best game. He did, he, no. he did not – he did not – feel watching him, he did not seem explosive. And I thought he – and I never like, – I can count on one hand how many cuts I think he's missed in his time here because he has such great vision. But I thought on that fourth and one, if he just keeps it back right at, right at the defensive end, he forces that guy into a no, man, no man's land, and he gets the first down easily. Hey guys. He, he, might run for, he might run for 15 yards. I mean, there was nobody yeah. there. Yeah. Hey, we so, need to take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll get a little deeper into that running game. Certainly the defensive performance as well. We'll come back with that. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jag social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And we'll be here until 6 o'clock. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jaguars, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. The station that the Jaguars listen to, 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, that, that's one you just throw away, maybe try to run it in. We have to play another down. We were, so I think it was, it was first or second in goal. So, I mean, that's just, just can't can't do that. You know, our defense, defense held them once, 13 points. Like, you, you got to score more than 13 points if you want to win. For us, you know, offensively, that's that's the standard. You know, we got we to gotta play better, help them out. Um, and then just we didn't finish drives. You know, we got in the red zone multiple times. Most of the game, we had a couple three and outs. We were driving the ball successfully. We hit a lot of big plays, and it was just we'd stall out. You know, we just gotta we gotta fix that. We gotta all look in the mirror and be accountable. Myself, you know, I gotta look at the things that I gotta do better. Obviously, the turnover can't can't let that happen. And then just beyond that, though, a couple throws that were that were close. We just gotta make the play. You know, that's like we talked about in the locker room. Told the guys we can't all have an off day on the same day. You know, you can have one guy and you can pick him up and you can go make a play for him and. Uh, that's fine, but we all just got to we got to be better. That's quarterback Trevor Lawrence, of course, after the game yesterday, a 13-6 loss to the Texans. And welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. For nine years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory. And go Jags! J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Vaselli, and... We're reviewing the loss to the Texans, and you know we're looking at the running game. A total rushing yardage for the Jaguars yesterday: twenty-six carries, one hundred thirty-six yards, ninety-eight of those yards between Etienne and Robinson. Hasty had a six-yard run. Trevor ran four times for twenty-nine yards in the game, but uh, there are still people, at least fans and such, calling for more run game. Pete, what do you think? Well, again. I don't know if it's when you it's how you run. And Tony made a good point about it didn't seem like they were 
pounding and leaning. It was more rip off a long run. And, and, and so I, I think they de- still need to get to that at some point. But Tony's right. Robinson didn't run that well. ETN ran very well. And I'm wondering now if they start flipping the script a little bit and he's going to get more carries. Yeah, I mean, Tony. I, I, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, he's he, got I, more juice. He has more juice, but he still runs so high, and he just takes so, he takes so many shots. I mean, he gets hit hard. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Etn. I think you know he looked he he did a nice job yesterday. Um, I think I think this whole thing about you know Doug needs to call more runs or whatever is like what is a little overblown in my book. Uh, I mean, if you haven't figured out by now that Doug also likes the short passing game and will use that as part of his run game, you know, and so as an offensive lineman, I always want to run the ball more. But that's not why they lost that game, in my opinion. They didn't execute. They didn't. They didn't execute when it mattered, Pete, offensively. No, I mean they had opportunities and they didn't take advantage. It's the bottom line. But, like, the criticism of Doug in Philadelphia was that he didn't run too much. He ended up winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, so, look, I, I'm not going to criticize him as an offensive coordinator, except the play that I didn't like. I think he should have run on that second down play. But that's a whole other story. So um, but, so <laughs> but, but, but I, I, you know, look, get a lead and pound on people. That's not that they haven't had that really. Had, when was the time they had that opportunity to do that at, at the Chargers? Indian. Chargers and Indy, they both have right. needs. Right, that's um, it. And, and, I mean, listen, they, what they rush for, 26 for 130? That's good. That's yeah. a good day. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, think yeah, about not, it. Be, but I mean, you, you also, yeah, you, you can't complain about that. I mean, you can't go, I mean come on, we're being silly here. And, and if, like we said, on the fourth and one, if James Robinson, because it was a, a zone read play, and the defensive yeah. end had to read the read the quarterback, and and he kind of stayed put, and Just all he had to do was hand there. it to him, Just stay go. right there up the lane, and he runs for fifteen yards maybe, and he turns and he cuts into the whole into the mass of humanity, which made no sense, and there was no push on that side. It was bad. It was it was a bad, um, yeah. So but I'll say this: I mean, listening to Trevor in his comments. When he is good, and he's going to be good, he will be the complete franchise quarterback because there's not many in the league who are as good as he is at the podium. At the podium, I mean, he answers questions. There's no – he doesn't avoid anything. He gives very thoughtful answers. Um, I, I just – I really like the guy, and I, and I do think he's going to be good. Um, he did not play well yesterday. I think he was 100% right. He didn't play well. A lot of guys didn't play well um, up to their capabilities. And it wasn't like like you and, I, you and I watched the tape, and usually in a game like that, you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, these guys played awful." Whoever it was, but it was it was like in big moments they didn't do what they right. needed to do. It's like right. when they had a chance, like extend a drive or go score a touchdown or whatever, they just faltered. They had four hundred twenty-two you know, yards of offense. Four twenty-two yesterday. Yeah, and, and JP, it's, it's usually when you watch a tape after you think a quarterback wasn't as good as he should have been, and he wasn't as good as he should have been. Usually, there's guys down the field. You say, "Oh, he missed this guy over here. He was wide open. He missed that guy down the field. He was wide open." The only misses he had, other than the throws that were high, he missed those checkdowns, which he's got to get to those. So it's not. You, you, don't you agree, Tony? There weren't that many guys down the field open where he was missing them. No, and and so but he missed. Me, but- 
but missing the check down is missing guys because if you hit the if you hit that check down, it extends drives. It no, but it's miss. I get it. I get it. I know what you're saying, but but I'm saying anything down the field, he didn't. He, yes, you know, he didn't miss guys down there. He's got to take. He's got to learn. He's got to speed the process up. The process has to be sped up. Wouldn't you agree? It's 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 times it looks robotic. Is that the word? I just think he's a young guy in a new offense. Let's not forget this is a brand new offense. Yeah. He's a young guy. I mean, like he's going to be good. I mean, anybody out? Give me a break. I, I'm just it just the overreaction in the NFL is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Pete, you were you were one two years ago. I give you credit. Like one, four years ago, you said Josh Allen would be the best quarterback for that class. That you know, the guys, five guys got drafted in the first round, whatever it was. You said that draft night, and then you said after year two, when everyone was killing him and saying he's a bust, he's no good, all these guys are better, and you stood by and said, "Nope, he's going to be really good." I only bring that up not to get your big head any bigger, um, but to. Do you feel the same way? Do you feel the same way about Trevor as you did yes. with Josh Allen back then? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So be, do I. He's going to be good. And and I, I'll be honest with you. I thought after what happened last week in Philadelphia, the fumbles, I thought he would come back this on Sunday and play really well, and he didn't. I mean, he played okay. If you go back and watch the tape, it wasn't as bad as it, 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 people's perception, the perception is. But I thought it would be one of those – 323 games. So now he goes to Indy and he's got to get back on track and have one of those 320 and three games or 280 and three games. He's got to get to that again. We've got plenty ahead. We'll come back and get into the defensive performance yesterday. Good day overall, but some key moments again that was on both sides of the ball yesterday check out the official jaguars podcast network it's free on apple itunes spotify or wherever you download your pods the huddle up podcast on wednesdays the ozone podcast each week and much more give us that five-star rating as always it's jaguars happy hour presented by jet home loans on the jaguars digital network i thought they played well gosh that that, that long drive they had you know, there were some missed tackles on that one, but I thought overall, you know, kept us obviously kept us in the football game, and um, you know, did some, did some nice things. There's some there's some still some things we got to clean up, you know, uh, and and these guys these guys battle. They play hard, um, and they're physical. It's a physical group. They, they they cleaned up some of the mistakes from a week ago, uh, but we still have some work to do, and, and uh, we got to get some stuff corrected. That's head coach Doug Peterson after the game yesterday. 13-6 the final. The Texans over the Jaguars. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. Your questions coming up in the second hour of the show. We'll go around the NFL also. And plenty to get to in this game. Well, the, uh, the Texans only put up 248 total yards in the game, 116 on the ground, 99 of those from Damian Pierce, the running back. And Peterson there referenced the missed tackles on the one play inside the red zone. I think there were six missed tackles on that play, Tony, and it set up the uh, the goal line situation. And that was after, of course, the play where Walker uh, ripped the quarterback to the ground and kept the drive going. That was all on the same drive, 12-play drive for the go-ahead touchdown, Tony. 
Yeah, I read on PFF um, that the Jags had 17 missed tackles against Damian Pierce. Wow. Does that sound right? I mean, that's that's unreal. Um, let's start by saying that's a really good football player. What what round did he get drafted in, Pete? Third, third, but he wasn't. He wasn't. He didn't. They didn't carry the ball. He didn't get the ball in Florida. Right. He got like right around on, the goal right line. He had a bunch of touchdowns. He had like twenty three touchdowns, but he didn't have a lot of yardage. Third round, man. He is good. I like that kid. Um, I. Defensively, you just can't. You, you have to get a sense. You have to have a sense of that game. What's going on there? And you're By the way, I was wrong. It's the fourth, Tony. <laughs> fourth round. Wow. Wow. Who did we draft in the fourth round this year? I'm just curious. I'm not saying we should have drafted. Him. I'm just curious. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. You no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Right. Yes, you are. Yeah, you are. Yes, you Who are. Who did we draft JP in the fourth round? JP, he is saying that. Uh, he is saying that, I'm by not. the way. I'm looking it up right now. I'm not. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. You, you, you're saying it without saying it. So no, I'll I'm say not. it. Who they draft in the fourth round? Somebody that's not as going to be as good as uh, Damian Pierce, that's for sure. <laughs> Maybe. You don't know that. JP's taking a long time. Taking well, a long time getting that. Internet in this place is slow today for some reason. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, after did, a loss, the internet gets slower. They cut down the they cut down the the bandwidth. Oh, they traded um, the fourth round pick is what they did to move up. So they don't they didn't have a fourth round pick. To move up for uh, for Devin Lloyd, the, the linebacker that's not playing. I thought it was for Lloyd, wasn't it? Was it for Lloyd? Oh uh, yeah, they, was that part of the Lloyd trade? I believe so. Yeah. All right, it's a good pick. Well, they could have taken him in the third round. <laughs> well, they needed Fortner. I mean, he's a starter. I mean, he needed a starting center. So, um, all right, yeah, so, so he be, being... would he be starting for Jacksonville Pierce? Yes. Hmm. So, good be- I, I think he's. A, then I what you're saying? A... Then what you're saying is that they should have taken him. Without saying. No, I'm not saying that. Because I, I I like the Portner pick in the third round. I'm not saying that at all. I just think that Damian Pierce is a dang good back. You watch him on tape, and yeah, I saw him first, they could have taken first. him. In the, they could have taken him instead of Muma. They already okay. had running backs, though. <laughs> <See, laughs> well, they already they had Devin Lloyd the first round. Then they signed a Luicon as a free agent. They could have taken Pierce into the third round instead of Muma. Okay, I'm not doing this. Who could have? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. You do it. So my question, but, uh, <laughs> my, my broader point is, as a defense, you have to understand the situation you're in. It's, uh, I've been on the other side as an offense when your defense is struggling. You know you just got to go score points. That's the type of game you're in. And in the fourth quarter, it's 6-6. You know defensively, like, hey, the next score might win. That's your mindset. And so you can't – and they had them dead to rights can't allow them to have that long drive. Where'd that long drive start? Uh, stand by. I can tell you in mere moments. It began at the Houston 26. I mean, you third and 20. You got to get off the field there, Pete. I mean, you have, I mean, well, and by the stupidity. way, stupid. They had a, they had a third, they had a third and 10. They converted before that third and 20. They converted. 
Yeah, that can't happen. You got to get off the field. Did you? What do you think of the pass rush on Sunday? Eh, eh. It's been eh, eh all year. Eh. How do you think they played the run without uh, what? Do you, uh, Fodakasi. I mean, eh. I mean, it was an ugly game. It's one of those games like it was just ugly. Like, it was think? ugly. I can't imagine if you're sitting in the stands for that. All you could wait for was uh, the halftime ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it, it was hot on Sunday too, Pete. It was warm. Was it? Yeah. But I mean, I'm just there's no way they should have lost. Other than the fact, that, remember I told you they beat them eight straight times. Now it's nine. They had for some reason they own them. Yep. No matter what, it's there's what two wins in the last. It's like <laughs> it's fifteen. Years, fifteen years? of the last seventeen now. Have gone to the That's Texas. That's incredible. When the you only, think about it, it's incredible. The only two wins were in 2017 when the Jaguars swept the season series en route to the AFC South. So, yeah, but they're while. better. They're a better football team than the Texans. That's not. That's one. And Tony, you made this point to open the show. That's the kind of game where people go, "Oh, there's who we thought they were. They're the same old Jaguars." That's yep. all that is. That's all it is. Guess I guess they're not going to get flexed on Sunday night against the Chiefs. <laughs> it's out, Pete. It's out. Um, and guess, but Pete, guess the only way you change that is you got to go win. You got to go win games like that. That's on you. Is that's on the players, on the coaching staff. You have to go win those games. Uh, win the games you're supposed to win, and that's the game they they they. I still think watching that game, I still think they're the better team. Was there any? And you got a better feel for it because you're there. A sense of lifelessness, like it wasn't a big game. The no. Eagles, no, no, I did not sense that. I thought you know, sometimes you get in the game. Even good teams sometimes get in the game, and they're like, they look up at halftime and they go, "Oh my gosh, we've just been going through the motions, and now we're down seven. You know, against yeah. a bad team. You didn't get that impression at all. I I did not, and I you know I talked to some of the coaches. They said they had a good week of practice. Guys were juiced. Um, no, I did I did not sense that at all. If they score that touchdown and he doesn't throw the pick, I think they go on and win the game. I think they win it by two touchdowns. Yeah, it, it was one of those plays that that turned everything back around again. And so, yep. Look. It wasn't a good performance, and and the tackling I thought was bad. They don't rush the passer as well as they need to rush the passer. Um, you know, there were a lot of – when you look back at some of those defensive plays, there were a lot of guys falling off. The angles weren't good, and it, it, the linebackers, again, weren't great. I mean, Lloyd was a little bit better. They weren't great again. Uh, it just wasn't – I mean, but again, they give up no points. And they only gave up 248 yards. Yeah, of right. Yeah, yeah. That's well, a bad offense, too. Oh, I know. In the fourth quarter, you can't let him go score a touchdown. No, one hundred percent agree. One hundred percent agree. At worst, at worst, you give up a field goal there, Pete. At worst, after you have the boneheaded play, you're like, okay, like they're in field goal range or they're right on the edge of it. Let's buckle down. Let's get them off the field. Hey, we should have Joe. Joe, play the Pierce run so we can count who bounced off of them all again, <laughs> so we can just find out who Jeez. who's the big who's the big culprit. Man, <laughs> I always like to. I always like to find the number one culprit on a play like that. Yeah. Well, Who'd you uh, think it was? Who'd you think it was, Tony? Uh, I, I'm trying to remember that play. I thought 
I think Tyson missed somebody the first had a, one. Somebody Ty- had a really good hit on well, him. Tyson had a good look. He like jumped on him and got thrown off like he was a bucket, <laughs> bucking bull. That was down a little way, though. No, the no first that was the first was, contact. Uh, Rayshon, Jen- no, Rayshon Jenkins. Jenkins. But, but, but Jenkins is making a heck of a play. He's got an uh, offensive guy blocking him, hanging on him, and he's trying to like throw his body in there. Yeah. And he actually slows him down. And then it's, Mo- it's uh, Tyson who just – like, he gets thrown off. It's like it would have been a three-yard game. It was it was incredible. It was incredible. It shouldn't it shouldn't have been a long gain. And and then once it happened, it like everybody bounced off of him. Right. J, 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 JP said it's best. It looked like he was Earl Campbell running around out there. Yeah, true. Hey, we'll uh, take a timeout. We'll come back and take a look at the AFC South and maybe reassess what we've talked about for the Jaguars or stand by it. We'll see what uh, Tony and Pete have in mind when we come back. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. I still think we're where we need to be, uh, quite honestly. Um, it's not perfect. You know, we, we could easily be the other way around, you know, uh, when you look at the, the three losses, obviously. it's And look, it's I'm going to keep saying this to the team about what we do you know uh it's self-inflicted you know um you look at the third downs in this game the defense should be off the field on a, on a couple of those and we weren't um you know a costly turnover deep in the red zone cost us points penalties you know so there's just those, those are all things we can control it's head coach Doug Peterson from earlier today. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. PRI Productions, the Southeast Full Service Event Company, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com and learn more. Let's take a look outside. If you're watching on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media, the Miller Electric Center continues to rise out of the ground. The uh, frame of the indoor facility just keeps growing by... Uh, day by day, the uh, main building looking good. The bottom of the grandstand along the side of the, what will be the field is starting to go up. So progress. It'll be open and ready for business training camp 2023. Let's look around the AFC South and take a look at the uh, other results this week in the division. Of course, we know this one. The Texans over the Jaguars yesterday, 13 Six, um, an equally ugly game on Thursday night. The Colts over the Broncos, 12-9. to Matt Ryan threw two picks. Chase McLaughlin had four field goals, and the Colts won the game. The Titans over the Commanders, 21-17. Nine seconds left, though. The Commanders knocking on the door at the Titans' two-yard line, and the Titans' defense saves the day. Wentz takes the snap. Looking, throwing, intercepted. Intercepted, David Long. 10, 20, 25, 30, runs into his own man. David Long is taken down at the 46. <laughs> and the Titans <laughs> have no! shut down the Commanders yes! at yes! the 2. Yes, that is a hell yes. 
<laughs> so Mike Keith and Dave McGinnis on Titans Radio. All right, so the AFC South standings after this week. Uh, well, the Jaguars dropped from one to three, and here they are: Tennessee three and two, Indy two two and one, Jacksonville two and three, Houston one three and one. So, gentlemen, Pete, Tony. Where are your power rankings? We're coming back to the division now, not the AFC anymore. We're going to the yeah. AFC South. Yeah, those days of the AFC are done for a while. Go ahead, Pete. You go first. Okay. Titans won. I still put the Jaguars at two, I think. They shut out the Colts. And then and then the Colts and then the Texans. Yeah, actually, that's exactly how I was going to do it, too. I agree with you. I'll say this about – I like what Doug's comments were about where they are right now. Um, it's one of the things I preach about him. He's, he's pretty balanced. He's not going to get too high or too low. You know, uh, This is the worst their record could be. If you look at the first five games, this is the worst they could be. They'd, they had dominating – like there was no chance of them losing either India or the Chargers, the way those games went. And so – and a lot of times, you, as you look at as you look at a team in season, you look at its games, and you and Pete, you know this. You can tell sometimes, like, well, they won five games that year, and they're lucky they won five because that was the most they could have won. And then there's other teams who win five games. And you're like, they could easily win ten if the ball bounces their way, and they just stop making stupid mistakes. And I think right now, this is a team that could be five and zero oh. if if they if they played clean football in those three losses. They, had, they would have – I mean, I think they beat the Texans and the Commanders. Now, the Eagles is a different story because that's a really good football team. But my point is saying that they're 2-3. and three. As Bill Parcell says, you are what your record says you are, and that's a 2-3 and three football team right now. But I think this is – it's the – you know, it's a long season. There's plenty of opportunity to do everything you want to do and try to be a, a, a team that is being – Discussed and has a chance to, you know, make a postseason push in December. Here's the amazing thing. Think about this: if Trevor hits the long shot to Agnew, and they go up twenty-one nothing against the Eagles, people are talking about them as the best team in the NFL because they go on and win that game. Right. And here we are, two weeks later. They fumbled and stumbled and lost that game. They gave basically gave the game away. Yep. And they lose at home to the Texans, and all anybody's talking about is they're the same old Jaguars again. It's that's incredible. My point. Yeah, yeah my, that's mm-hmm. my point, Pete. I, I think I don't think they were as good as probably you know after the Colts and Chargers. I mean, everyone had this team you know winning thirteen games. No, um, you I, did. I, no, no, not I everybody. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking to fans, Pete. I'm not. Yeah. I didn't either. I, I, I didn't either. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, people were like over the top. Um. And now they lost two in a row, and people are like, want to, you know, burn them in effigy. Yeah, I mean, I, I just wonder if uh, if Trevor's going to make it to the building being done next season, since everybody wants to run him out of town. That's amazing, right? <laughs> like, yeah, they're bad losses, but I, I mean, I, I, everything's right in front of them still. It really is. Now, uh, riddle me this: if, if for some reason it doesn't go well this week in Indy, all of a sudden they're one and two in the division. Um, well, it depends on what happens. If 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 they if that defense allows that indie offense to score big points on them, then then that's a major red flag. That offense stinks. 
But it's a different offense now than what the one they faced. Remember, because in that game there was nobody on outside, nobody. Pierce was Pierce is just starting to merge now. Pittman didn't play in that game either, right? No. He was out in that game. Right. So yep. it's an entirely different offense now. But the problem is the offensive line is still bad. Is Taylor going to be back for this game? I would think so. Yeah. What happened? The offensive, been, Tony, you got to admit the offensive line is bad. In yeah, yeah, what happened terrible, to that, Pete? But, they were good like a year ago. Well, what happened was Kelly and Nelson are still pretty good players. Nelson's a, a, a better than a good player. The right tackle, for whatever reason this year, he was awful, and they moved him to guard and put Pryor in at right tackle, who was the left tackle when the Jaguars played him, and he was terrible at left tackle, and he's not good at right tackle. And then they put the rookie in at left tackle, and he is just bad right now. It's not a good group. And I don't think Kelly is as good as everybody thinks he is. I think he's a good, he's okay, but he hadn't played that well either. Across the board, they weren't very good. They haven't been good at all. That's a game the Jacksonville defense should dominate up front, Tony. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you, Pete. But that's a but defensively, the Colts are playing better. Correct. I mean, they Correct. played good. They played good the last two weeks against the, the Chiefs and the Broncos, and so it's going to be a bigger test. Yes. Um, for the offense, I still think the Jaguars are the better team. I think they should win the game, and uh, if they do win the game, they get to three and three. You know what? You're fine. If no they problem. don't win the game, then it's an issue, like JP said. Yeah, right? people people will really be losing their minds if they lose this game. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. That schedule that we ran through, suddenly some of those teams that you thought weren't going to be that good are actually better than we thought. Like who? Like the Giants. Eh. <laughs> they just beat the Packers uh, on What Sunday. are you talking about? I don't think the Packers are very good, Pete. So who is any good? Nobody's any good. Nobody. That's my point. Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo and Philly. Put them in the Super Bowl right now. They're both good. And Kansas City's pretty good, too. And the Niners are pretty good, too. Yeah. But my point is there's not a lot of, you know, I guess you got to say the Cowboys, too. Cowboys okay, but the Giants are four and one right now. You got to get, you know, and they play the Ravens this week in, in, in New York. If, if, they, if they win that game, you're going to say they're a good team, right? Yes. So then that game has got when, – when, when does Jacksonville play them? In a couple weeks, next, right? Next uh, week. Two weeks, yeah. Colts this week, Giants next, 23rd. Yeah. That game isn't easy. And then and then Denver's game is a little easier than you thought it was going to be because they're right. bad. They're bad. It's and then the Cowboys game is a little tougher than you thought it was going to be. That defense is good. Right. So – you know, it's, it's funny how the season moves along. Before the season, you thought the Cowboys would be a tough game and the Giants would be an easy game, and Denver might be a good game, but Denver's bad and the Giants are better. It's weird. That's how it works. Hey, NFL. Uh, we'll come back in a moment, and the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour, including your questions, we'll keep it real. There's a lot to get to. One hour down, one hour to go on this Monday. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. been with me every step of the way you were the greatest fans in the nfl there's no other place i'd want to play than right here in jacksonville with you fans thank you for the support thank you for the support the love the cheering every once in a while you booed 
You probably deserved it, but more, more often than not, you guys have always been right there with us. Thank you so much, and I hope this is the start of a great 2022 for this team and this organization because you fans deserve nothing but the best. And before I go, we're going to do one last thing. I want the loudest Duval this group's ever done. Are we, can we do that? All right, here we go. One, two, three. Duval! Thank you very much. There you have it. Pro Football Hall of Fame left tackle Tony Baselli receiving his ring of excellence yesterday. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, hour number two. And we'll get to Pete Prisco. By the way, that is the longest. How many months has this damn thing been going on? It never ends. We're going to have a Christmas celebration with Baselli. He's going to wear his jacket all over town like Santa Claus. Hey, are you wearing your ring right now, Tony? Are you wearing the ring? What are we doing? Pete, first of all, you used that line last week as well. You can't no, keep on going. Yes, you did. You can't no, I did. Well, over and over with the same line, people. Well, I'm got the key to you got the key to the city this week. Isn't there's new stuff going on? Yeah. That was last week. I got the key to the city. <laughs> Right. Last week, leading into your whole week, it was like a whole week of Baselli, 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 Baselli. I bet some of your teammates were getting a little like, come on, when does this stuff end? (laughs) (laughs) I can can only imagine what Brunel says to you. Unbelievable. Then again, he's worried about getting shut out yesterday, so I don't know if he's saying much of anything. Rough day in Detroit. Hey, uh, yeah, love your fans, but uh, $200. Ding! $200. Ding! Love the fans. Oh, yeah. Love the fans. Hey, God bless them. (laughs) I mean, yes. Uh, Look, I kid him about a bunch of stuff, but I salute him with that stuff. I love it, of course. No, it was a great job, uh, Tony. Well done yesterday. And uh, Mr. Khan and uh, Jim Porter from the Hall of Fame were there as well at halftime. It's awesome. Uh, awesome. Then the second half happened, and the Jaguars lost the game 13-6. The final score, the Jaguars fell to 2-3. and three. It was a field goal exchange and a 6-6 game by the time Tony was talking on the microphone at halftime. The Jaguars outgained the Texans 422-248, to but the Jags 0-3 in the red zone, including a Trevor Lawrence interception on second and one at the Texans 7 on a pass into the end zone. Derek Stingley picked it off early in the third quarter. The Jags' defense played well for the most part, but on a key fourth quarter play, the Texans faced third and 20 near midfield. Trayvon Walker jumped offside, and they whistled the play dead. Walker then slung the quarterback, Davis Mills, to the ground and drew an unnecessary roughness penalty and gave the Texans a first down. Later on that drive, they punched in a one-yard touchdown to take the lead inside four minutes to play. Doug Peterson, this afternoon, well, times have changed. It's a right-now society. There's a process here, and a lot of times people don't want to, nobody wants to wait anymore. You know, there's, there's always, you know, it's now, you know, and I get that. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a win-now mentality, and, um, you know, it's, it's our job to, to try to speed that up the best we can, um, you know, through practice, through prep, and and just through teaching. That's Doug Peterson today referencing the quarterback play and everybody wanting it uh, to be fixed immediately. It takes time, Pete. It takes time, Tony. Well, I mean, in, unless you, you know, think that it's going to happen, nobody thinks it's happening overnight. This is a team that was a disaster last year. 
a grade-A disaster from coaching all the way down to what happened on the field. It was just bad. It's not going to happen over. The problem is what they did to the Colts and Chargers heightened expectations for immediacy. You know, people, if they had lost to the Colts and played tough against the Chargers and lost to the Eagles, but then beat the Texans, everybody would said, okay, it's the kind of season you expected it to be. But by beating the Colts the way they did, by beating the Chargers on the road the way they did, by hanging around with the Eagles and actually leading them, the expectations have risen. So that's that's what the that's why people are not ready to hear the process talk. Well, and Pete, it actually it wasn't just a disaster last year. It's been a disaster for the last two plus True. years. Really, I mean, other listen, than seventeen, it's been a disaster for a long time. Let's be honest, eighteen. Back half of that was a complete disaster, the meltdown. Nineteen was awful with the whole Jalen Ramsey and you know that whole dra- drama. Twenty, they won one game. Twenty-two was Urban. I mean, uh, twenty-one was the Urban Meyer fiasco. I mean, it's been a disaster. I mean, this is. I mean, Doug, Doug's right. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done. They'd rebuild the whole culture, how they did things. I mean, I think some of those guys in that locker room PTSD from last year. And so, um, I think that the. I mean, wh- I think what you said about the Eagles and the Chargers is right, Pete. But I also, not the Eagles, the, uh, the Colts and the Chargers games is right. I also think they look at all the games, and if they don't make silly, self-inflicted wounds, those type of mistakes, they're probably four and one, if not better. Right, they're a better football. Look, anybody out there who doesn't think they're a better football team than what they've been in recent years has no idea what they're talking about. None. They're a better team. And the quarterback talk is ridiculous. He didn't play well, yes. but it's ridiculous. Uh, they do need their, and you've made this point time and time again for having Josh Allen and Drayvon Walker, first overall pick, you got to be able to rush the passer better than they're rushing it. Yeah. They don't rush it very good with four guys. And we said all along, Trayvon Walker is going to take some time to figure out how to rush the passer. He he is not a natural pass rusher. No, good football player, not a natural pass rusher. That's right. That's right. And that was this. And by the way, that was the scouting report on him when he came out. Yep. He goes right down the middle of people. He doesn't. He doesn't get on the edge very often. Does not stress often tackles at all. So, it's on to Indy this week, and the Jaguars have already beaten the Colts, of course, shut them out. So, it's a different Colts team. We just referenced that a minute ago. But, you know, you, you go up there and lose an Indy, and all of a sudden it's one and two in the division. There's one more game against the Texans, and then the two games against the Titans in the back end of the season. Uh, the The schedule and the standings turn against you all of a sudden. After last week going in in first place in the division, Pete, it can turn in a hurry, and it would be a tough hole to come out of. Well, again, the the schedule's tougher. At one point, two weeks ago, you looked at the schedule and you thought, okay, it's potential to win four of those games. And now you'd be astounded if they did, wouldn't Mm -hmm. you? Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, but I, I, I I think the danger is doing what you just said, J.P., and you can't do it. You can't worry about if we lose this game, what does that mean for the rest of the season? You, you just can't think that way. And now fans can, I guess, doesn't matter. But as a player and a coach, all you just go figure out how to get a win. 
and you can't worry about the consequences consequences of a loss and what that means. Because then you get all like mental and all messed up and you start pressing and you're like making a bigger deal than it needs to be right now. If they, I will say this, if the Colts, if the Jacksonville Jaguars go to Indy and don't rush the passer this week, that's going to be a major red flag. Because here's the situation. Ryan Kelly is hurt, so he might not play. If he doesn't play, that means they put Pinner in at center. That means you got a backup, backup guard in there. And then, so is the tackles are terrible. If they don't rush the passer this week, it's a red flag. You think Kelly's out even with the long uh, weekend off? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, you, you know, it's possible. And if he is out, then that means that Pinner, who was benched at right guard, moves in at center. And, you know, they, that means they have major issues at four – three. well, okay, counting Braden Smith, who's now playing guard, they have issues at four of the five spots if that's the case particularly at the two tackles. This is the game for Allen and Walker to show people they can rush the passer. Well, let's be clear. Allen's been better than he's been better. He's been Walker. Yeah. Much better. There you have it. That's coming up this week. The Jaguars now two and three. Of course, we heard Tony there at halftime coming uh, to begin this hour. And I, I don't know if a lot of people realize that there were no officially retired numbers for the Jaguars. There were a few that weren't used. 71 was among those. But Mr. Khan yesterday made it official that number 71 is retired by the Jaguars, Tony. That's uh, that's a nice gesture, I say. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, I, I, it, I guess the thing I think about when, when that was said, I remember when I was at USC – when I was there, there's only four numbers retired of all the great players that played there. And the only way you got your number retired at USC is if you were a Hall. I mean, if you were a um, uh, won the Heisman Trophy. Only way. Didn't matter if you're All American, you can win the Outland Lombardi, you can win it all. But unless you're a, a Heisman Trophy winner, uh, your number was never retired. So I, and I only bring that up because I remember thinking and walking down the hallways of Heritage Hall at USC and seeing all the great names and the ones who had their numbers retired. And I I kind of thought about that when uh, Sean mentioned that their retirement number, it was a huge honor. I mean, that's a, I just want to said a lot to say how big of an honor it was. And how big a deal I thought it was. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know what I, I bet you, you can't wait for when they draft some kid out of some college and he wore 71 in college and he offers you a couple grand worth of number. (laughs) I know you. Hey, can you get that? Can you get that up to 15 large? I might let you have it, buddy. (laughs) No, that's cool. I I didn't know that he retired. Did you know that was coming? No, I didn't. I did not. That's awesome. I didn't. I had no idea. I had no. Yeah, I didn't think that. I didn't even think about that. It's the only one. Yeah, so equipment staffs over the years have uh, refrained from issuing number eight, uh, number 32 mainly since Maurice, uh, 28 obviously was uh, Fred, and then Jimmy Smith's 82 and 71. So those are the kind of the ones that have been off limits, for let's say. Not, well, not 32 anymore. Right. That's what Tyson wears. That's right. So 32 is back. But uh, those other four, they, they kind of have kept off to the side, but – not officially retired. In a pinch, if they needed one, I think they could do it. But not not seventy one anymore. I bet Jimmy tapped a shot on the shoulder and said, "Hey, when's my number going to be retired?" <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was good to see. It was good to see Jimmy up there. He, he was great this weekend. It was really good to see him. Yeah, I, I, he was uh, tweeting out stuff, and I was trying to make out some of the guys in there and and see if I recognized anybody. It was funny. Yeah, it was good. But that, I mean, to answer your question, Pete, it was a huge honor. I mean, yeah, yeah, was, absolutely. It's really, it was really cool. And then one final thought on this, and we'll uh, take a time out. But the '71 documentary premiered over the weekend as well. It's now available on the Jaguars YouTube channel as of two o'clock today. You can go check that out. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, Tony. I think I heard you first saw it at the premiere. What did you think? Yeah, it was, it was the first time I saw it. Um, I thought they, I thought the production team did a great job. They spent, I mean, countless hours. You know how much time they spent on this JP it was a lot. Um, they traveled all over the country to interview people. I think the only negative of the only uh, the only negative of the whole documentary is way too much Pete Briscoe. Way too much Frisco in this. Thing. You know what's even you know what's even worse about that. I'm going to tell you this. 100. I was that day when I was there. I had a green-ish golf shirt on, and all my guys to this day swear it's a teal golf shirt. And I wore it to practice because I'm Joe fan or whatever. So they won't stop giving me crap about that. And now in that documentary forever. Exactly. <laughs> and and so I just got one of your guys, uh, one of the guys in the, the video department wants me to tweet out the link to it. I'm almost hesitant because I don't want to take the abuse. Have you have you seen it, Pete? I haven't watched it. I I watched the, the clips and stuff, but I know which one they. I'm leaning on this. They have me on it. I can see him in that shirt. I'm going to hear nothing but abuse for the whole time. And it's it, it was a, you were there that day. Was that a teal shirt? That was not a teal shirt. No, it was a green. It was not. I'll say this. Uh, they did a great job. And Pete it sounds really like good. it. And the Pete, cut did a good job. I, I appreciate what you – I mean, you participate, and, and you've always been a big supporter. And you were great in it. It was It was fun. It was um, It was hard to watch. Like, I don't like watching stuff about myself in front of a bunch of other people. But it was fun. It was a cool event, cool night. Uh, and I said this this morning, I said it uh, yesterday in the little presser I did. I cannot say enough good things about Shad Khan in this organization of how they have celebrated this Hall of Fame. And, Pete, you know this. This is not how most teams do it. No. It's unprecedented of what they did and the amount of resources they spent and the energy they put into this. And I am extremely thankful for the Khan family Mark Lamping and his leadership on that business side and the whole team underneath them. Um, it was first class. They treated me like I was part of the family. It, and it look, was amazing. For all the crap that people in that town give him, and I'm going to say this because I, I, I'll criticize when I have to. He's a good owner, and he's working to get the football part of it right. It hasn't happened yet, but he's working to get it right. But when it comes to that city – and look at that facility they're building. Eventually, they're going to do something to the stadium, whether they build a new one or not. He's all in. And what he did for you for that uh, – the whole weekend up in, in Canton and now down he's here. Well, he's unreal. They've embraced the franchise. You didn't That's have right. to. He embraced the franchise. To. I said that I, – I actually said that, Pete. You would never know that Shad Khan was not the owner of the franchise when I played. Correct. You would not. You'd never know. Nope. Nope. He's embraced it. And that's good because his and that's even better because more and more guys are coming back. And that's good. Bring back the history. Yep. All right, guys, we'll take a time out and we'll return and keep it real.
Yes, we will. Uh, we've got to, we'll, we'll sell some wine while we're at it, too. Plenty ahead, of course. We'll get to your fan questions coming up in just a little bit. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good. Bank better. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, and Pete Frisco. And it's time now for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. All right, guys, through the first three weeks of the season, the Jaguars were number one in the NFL in rushing defense in yards per game allowed. Since then, they allowed 210 on the ground in Philly. 116 allowed to the Texans. Is it a problem? How do they fix it? Well, 116 is it terrible? No, it's not great, but it's not terrible. That's what I point. Yeah, I mean the, the Eagles game. They're. I mean, it's a different style. It's hard to figure. You know, they, yeah, they didn't play well that day, but it's hard to defend that. So I'm going to put that one to the side. They got tackle better. That's it. Actually, Pete. That's tackle better. If they tackle better, the Eagles, too, it's a different game. Correct. You got to tackle better. The tackling has been poor. Which leads me to a, a better keeping it real. Because um, <laughs> that's the answer, Pete. Let me give you a better keeping it real. Peter, is the fact that no one plays in the preseason and camp is so short, there's no contact finally catching up to this league. The football is so bad right now. Games it's like. There's bad. It's bad football. Tom Brady came out and said it. He goes, I, "It's bad football." It's, the, not, it's, not, it's hard to watch. It's hard Thursday to night, watch. The Thursday night game was atrocious. I, I didn't think that game was that well played. Jags Houston. It's bad there's, football right now. I mean, and and like uh, the Bears can't move the ball on offense, and you know, there's so many bad. It's bad. And then you got Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> and they're okay. Yeah, Buffalo. Yeah. You have Buffalo, you have Philly, you have um, Kansas City. I mean, you got a handful of teams. I just, I, I think it's, I think the league is over rotated on player safety so much that they don't practice and they don't prepare for the regular season. Yeah, like, it takes you, it takes you probably end of October now to be where you should be in, in the beginning of October. It's just, it's not good football right now. No, it's not. And we also have a problem with coaching. These guys all grew up on the Madden game, and they think that everything's got to be Madden, Madden, go for it, go for it, don't go, do, go, 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 go. What are we doing? Run a Philly special on the goal line. I mean, what are we doing? You go for it on fourth and two. And did you? I don't know if you've seen some of that yesterday. Cleveland Chargers, our boy was at it again. Fourth down to two. I think it was at the forty-six yard line. No timeouts for Cleveland. A minute. They just called their last timeout. A minute. And ten left, and he went for it in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they then they end up Cleveland ends up getting in range to kick a field goal, and he missed it. Right, and they won. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look at it, look at it. I'm telling you, this this is out of control. It's out of control. And then. You got this wild play, like Zach Taylor on the goal line. I don't know if you saw the game, Tony. Last night you're probably flying or whatever. No, no last, yeah, no last night. They I had a first and goal at, at the two, 
or was it after a pass interference pass interference penalty? Run the ball, right? Yeah. He he ran it. One of the plays was an inside shovel pass on fourth down because it was 13-10, and he didn't take his field goal, by the way. Um, and then he ran a Philly special on the goal line, and the and the wide receiver got blasted, tackled for a 13-yard yard loss. So then he throws on third down. He throws to Chase, who gets down to the two, and then he runs an inside shovel pass that doesn't get spatted down, and they get yeah, nothing. But- but how can you not kick the field goal if it's a three-point game, tie it up? Right. Well, also, not only that, how do you not run? The, Mixon was running the ball last night. Run the ball. You know yeah. I hate running the ball, but in certain situations, you got to run the ball. Yeah, I didn't watch the game last night. I fell asleep. I JP, tired. did you watch it? Uh, some of it, yes. Not all of it. Did you remember that? Do you remember that sequence? I do. That was a memorable sequence, yes. I agree with you. Not yeah, ideal. We, we, and, we have all these – everybody's afraid. Now, you know what's happening now? They're afraid of the analytics posse in the NFL. That's what's happening. Just coaching the game flow matters. It matters in a game. Yeah, you know what I would do, Pete, if I was the head coach of a team? I would make it a hard camp, and I'd play all my guys all preseason because I would, gar- I would like have such an advantage for the first six weeks of the season. I probably go steal some wins. What if you, what if you lost somebody in preseason? That's part of life. That's how it works. We did it for a hundred years, Pete, before late, late, lately. And you know what? It all worked out just fine. I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I want my guys hitting more. They got to hit more. But I think you could steal some early games because you're more prepared and more physical. Guys. And you're more, more physical. physical. Yeah. Yeah. Tackle well, better. By the, and here's the other thing, and you'll know this. Here's one of the reasons why the play stinks. If you lose an offensive lineman, you're in big trouble. There's the not depth, a, Pete, it's terrible. We've been saying it since I played. There's only so many big athletic human beings on planet Earth. And guess what? You're splitting them between the defense and offensive linemen. And the offensive line is a harder position. And now, and then, so there's a limited number of people who can just do it on the Earth and planet. But then what you do is you take the one position that needs more reps than any other position. It's the one position that needs more time to prepare and develop than any other position outside of quarterback. Um, and you are limiting the reps. So you have no time to develop anybody. But not only that, the college isn't developing because they play a different style of offense too half the time. Mm-hmm. But, you, but even when you – okay, I'll give you an example. When you went down in 99 – they moved Ben Coleman to left tackle. He was more than serviceable to play left tackle. And they put I forget who they put in at left guard back then, but he, he was fine too. You had at least one or two guys. Like yesterday, Shatley went in. And and I don't know how bad Barch is. Is Barch hurt bad or what was that they're, injury? They're waiting for another day, I think, to, to get some results back. So But Shatley went in there. He's okay in the short term. But you get to the next guy, <laughs> my gosh, in this league. You have major problems if you're getting down one or two guys. But I think it goes back to the lack of reps. They don't practice yep. enough, Pete. You're right. You're right. Because five it, guys need to work together, too. Even well, the good it, lines don't work together anymore. Well, and not only that, but to, to develop and to teach a young guy takes time. It's a lot of reps. And they don't get them. They don't get any reps. No. Well, that was Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. We're back with Fanatics Fan Questions. 
And boy, are there some today. After a Jaguars loss to the Texans, 13-6 of final. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You keep working. You don't pull back and you don't add on. You just keep working every single day. That's the only way you get through it. And we've got a lot of confidence in him and trust in him. And, and, and he, he's our guy. And we're going we're gonna to keep working through it. We're going to work through it together. And, and uh, you know, he'll be, better. he'll be better down the road for it. That's Doug Peterson after the game yesterday discussing Trevor Lawrence. And welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. It's Monday. The Jaguars lost to the Texans yesterday, 13-6. The final, J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. <sighs> Two and three. Two and three. And on to Indy next week to face the Colts team that this uh, Jaguars team has already beaten. It's a, a salty place on Twitter today, Pete. I don't know if you've watched it lately in the last hour. Oof. Well, somebody hey, had a JP. nice thing to say about me, I saw. Yeah, wow. Me, me yeah, too. They don't like you either, Pete. Hey, but JP, before we get into the fan questions, if I would have told you in May that after five games, this team was going to be two and three, Pete, and both, I'm asking both of you this question. What would your reaction been? Take it. They would have yeah. taken it. All right. Sure. But – now that it, the way they got it, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I know, but but you can't. You're, we're going. Things change. Giants are four and one. The Jets are three and two. Things change. You're missing my point. I'm not. I'm not saying where they are is okay. I think they should be better. I think the way they've lost games is not good. I mean, but my point is, um, it's like I'm not in panic mode. Like I think everything that they. Everything they're going through and the reason they lost these games is all fixable and like not just long term fixable. I'm like immediate. Those are immediate things you can do to fix those issues. Yeah, it's not a uh, it's not a lack of talent. They're not getting out coached. They're not getting out you know disciplined. They're not getting out physical. It's missed tackles. It's making the right read. It's not you know it's finishing in the red zone. It's like all stuff you can fix. I agree. I agree. And there, and, and what people have to realize is they're a significantly better team than they were a year ago. And it is in process. It is a process. You got a bunch of young guys on that team. That doesn't excuse the terrible loss from yesterday, but they have. It's a process. All right, let's get these questions going. It's my favorite. Part oh, they ought to be. They ought to be good today. Oh yes, what a day it was. It is time for the Fanatics fan questions. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com. Shop today and rep your Jags gear on game day and every day. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. We put out the cat signal earlier. Here's the best we've come up with today. The Nomadic Jag asking up front on the O-line, is there something that Tony sees that would allude to why potentially Doug doesn't have confidence to call runs in the red zone? It at least seems that way when you look at the play calling. Oh, boy. Here we go. What do you think, Tone? I, I... I, I, they had 26 runs for 131. They called a run-pass option for the quarterback that was, if he just runs it, he might score. He's for sure getting the first down. I, I don't see the issue. With, I don't understand the question. Like, I don't see it. I don't see play calling as an issue right now. I don't either. Uh, although I would have had 27 runs because I would have run on second and one. <laughs> <laughs> It is what it is. 
I know, I, I know how I would have called the game. You know, last night when we were, I was questioning some play callers and stuff, and somebody puts out a tweet saying, "Oh, I'd like to see all these people questioning play callers do that, get out there and call the plays." And I said, "You want to pay me that offensive coordinator money for the week? I'll be glad to do it, and then you can shred me all you want." Fair enough. Yeah. Next question uh, at Rich underscore Ito. Removing all the pre-draft hype and just going off NFL body of work alone. What has Trevor Lawrence shown that would convince the Jags he could be a franchise QB? He's only been good about four times in 22 games and has been terrible in clutch situations. I mean, let's take out 17 of those games, okay? Let's just take them away. That was a disaster last year. It was a disaster. Coaches were terrible. He's the worst coach in the history of the National Football League. His staff wasn't very good. The offensive line stunk, and they had no speed. Aside from that, go ahead, Trevor. Go make plays. So throw those all out the window. And now like, he's learning a new offense. He's made plays. There are throws he makes. You go, wow. Right now, I think he's pressing a little bit. I think his mechanics have waned a bit. He's not taking the check down. And at times, he's feeling phantom pressure. I think he can work through all of that. It's ridiculous. I'll, I'll say this. What I see, I'll answer it. I'll, I'll include 17. I see a guy who's mature. I see a guy who knows how to lead a locker room, lead a huddle. I see a guy that people want to follow. I see a guy who's not afraid to take shots and stay in there. I'm, I see a guy who has a big arm. I see a guy who's athletic. I see a guy who cares, and I see a guy who's smart. All the pieces and parts to being a great quarterback. Let's. You know what we should do, JP? All these people with these questions, because you can clearly see they're leading you in a direction that they uh-huh. want to say it without saying it. Yeah. Keep these guys – we should bookmark these and keep them for the end of the season. And maybe we'll we'll be able – because I don't think he's going to be the same quarterback in weeks 16, 17, and 18 that he is now. We might I just, agree. We might just rewind this segment and play it for everyone to hear again. Uh, then we can time. laugh at them. Yeah, that's right. And we can call them names. Like they're calling us names on Twitter right now, you and me, Pete. How about that? Well, they were calling me names. They called you a name too? I, I haven't been called a dingbat in a long time. So I just got well, that. Today. That was a lot nicer than what the guy, what the people <laughs> yeah, called me. No, it's true. I'll take <laughs> it. Uh, all right, at Noman Muhammad twelve. Where do we go from here? What is the realistic expectation of this team for the rest of the season? Listen, uh, uh, they go, they go, go beat Indy. That's where you go from here. I had them going into the season a seven to nine win team. It went up to eight to ten win team. I'm still at eight to ten wins for this team. Uh, I had him at what six to eight. I'm probably at seven to nine. So my point is, everything's right there in front of him. I mean, the division stinks. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, they can, they can. it's a bad. I mean, the, the Titans should have lost on Sunday, and the, the Colts should have lost on Thursday. And those aren't good teams they played. They stink. The division stinks. Next question from at Army FB 1984. Bill Cower stated yesterday during the CBS pregame that the first four weeks of the season was about discovering the identity of the team and then playing to those strengths in October. What is the Jags' identity? How do we play to those strengths? Um, I think they're a hard-nosed team. Defensively, I think they're physical. They're not a great pass rushing team. They need to work on that, but they're a physical front seven. And they and then and they have more team speed overall. Offensively, they're a they're a pass first team. They're going to pass first. Gonna, you know what's the old saying? They're going to pass the score and run to win. 
and but they they want to and they're going to use the, sh- the short passing game as part of their run game. That's who they are. Yeah, pass the score, run the win, except run on second and one. From the- <laughs> this won't come off that, will you? No, <laughs> of course not. And Tony knows how much I love the passing game. That's what's funny about it. Did you just snort laugh, by the way, Pete? I think no. you just snorted and laughed. Maybe I, I did. I think I heard it. Uh, next question at CF. That. <laughs> if you're Doug, what was your message in the locker room to the team at halftime and after that game yesterday? Well, I mean, I mean, the team, the the message at halftime is like, hey, it's tied six six. Basically, it's zero zero. Let's get going. Game's right in front of us. We get the ball first. Let's start fast. Let's go get the points and get this thing going. And then afterwards. I, mean, I think the message is clear. Can't beat yourself, guys. We've lost three games now. And a lot of the reason we've lost those three games are self-inflicted wounds. Can't turn the ball over. Got to be effective in the red zone. Can't have missed tackles at the rate we do. What would what would your speech, have, if you were the head coach of that team at halftime, what would Tony Baselli have said to that team? I would have said, listen, 6-6, 0 let's go. We get the ball first. Go get points on the board. Defense, keep on playing hard. Clean up your mistakes. Offense, we're moving it. We just got to finish drives. That's my message. See, I, I'm, I'm, I would have been much more blunt. I'd have come in there and said, "Get your head the hell out of your you know what's and go out there. You're better than that team, and you're not playing like it. Go, go, knock the, in the mouth and win the game. You're better than them. Stop it. Quit being a bad team. You're a better team than they are. <laughs> That's real motivating. Okay. Yeah. I'm not trying to – go motivate your damn self. Well, I'm not trying to motivate him too. I'm saying what we need to change. Of course. But, you know, Tony's – you're a perfect example. You motivated yourself. You didn't need anybody motivating you. No, 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 no. I think that halftime, you want to give them – say, hey, this is what we need to go do to win the game. Right. Finish drives. Tackle better. Let's go. If we do those things right there, we're going to win. Next question, final uh, final question. Uh, at Nick Pope Joy, got to be one of the biggest letdowns in Jaguars history. Celebrating our first Hall of Fame player, and they play terrible. Where does this rank in disappointing losses in Jags history? Uh, listen, I'm going to say this right now. I was the one being honored and, and inducted to the Hall of Fame. I I didn't even think. To, I mean, they lost no. the game. Right, it has nothing to do. Has nothing. One has nothing to do with the other. Nothing, and they have nothing to like, be embarrassed about or anything like that. They, they played hard. They didn't play well enough. That's how it goes. Maybe those players don't like you. <laughs> I, I, I like them. Um, and this is the one thing I'm going to say about this team. We don't want to wear 71 anyway. About, <laughs> no, but I'm going to say this about this team. It would be one thing if they didn't play hard, Pete. This this group plays hard. Yeah. I have no problem with it. I've been, I've been on the sidelines when play hard, you do your best, it just doesn't go your way. And okay, you've okay. and you've been close to up close watching 2018 when they didn't play hard at times. That's right. I saw. Right. I, I, I love this. That's team. why I asked you if you saw anything of any sort of letdown at all in that game, and you said no. No, I love this team. I really yeah, love. They this play team. hard. I, they're they're, they're so, a bunch of like, young kids that play hard. I give it to everyone. Them. Everyone listening, don't worry about me and my Hall of Fame day. It was great. Um, I'm like anyone else. I was cheering hard from the win. Uh, I didn't have to work. That was nice. And so I was sitting in the suite cheering from the wind. They didn't. That's the way it goes. You, got, you can't make mistakes. But those guys did nothing to let me down. That's ridiculous. You might get Wally pipped. 
You took the day off, Tony. You know, somebody <laughs> just somebody I, I know just texted me and said they thought it might have been a distraction. The whole what? tribute and everything. So it's my fault now. So he went the other way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it ain't going away anytime soon either, Pete. You know how that's going to go. we got a whole season oh, of this have it. Perhaps, what are they going to have? A bracelet ceremony in December? <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> a bracelet ceremony. <laughs> what are they? Got a ring, a bracelet, a necklace? What else are you getting? Cars? Stadium named after you? I'll take, I'll take a car. Of course you will. What's good for you is good for you. We know how you operate. There you have it. The Uh, Fanatics fan questions were a hit tonight, I'd say. Uh, We'll come back in a moment and go around the National Football League, hear some radio calls, and preview Monday Night Football. That's all ahead. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It's Monday. The Jaguars are 2-3 and three after a loss to the Houston Texans in Week 5. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. Let's go around the National Football League and check all the scores. The Giants are now 4-1 and one after a win at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London over the Packers 27-22. The Bills and the Steelers. Yesterday, Josh Allen hit Gabe Davis on a 98-yard touchdown early and then went back to him in the second quarter. Snap to Josh. Looks downfield. Going to throw it. Sets up deep. Throwing deep. Looks downfield for Gabe Davis again. He makes a one-under catch. Goes into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Holy mackerel, they did it again. 62 yards. Gabe Davis made a spectacular one-handed catch. He was in a hand fight all the way down the field. 62-yard touchdown throw. Final score was 38-3. That was John Murphy on WGR Sports Radio 550 Buffalo. He ripped that ball away from Minka. Yeah, just what the Bills need is an emerging deep threat who can run. I mean, mean, we saw that, you know, last year you didn't see all that much of him until the postseason. Remember, he killed the Chiefs. And now he's their deep threat. I mean, he he opens up. He's going to open up the field even more for a guy like Diggs. That's just scary. And boy, that kid can rip it, can he? My God. What's the What's the Bills' weakness? Defense, secondary. Yeah, they're banged up now. You know, like Poyer didn't play yesterday. Um, the corners have been banged up a little bit. You know, they don't have Tre'Davious White, but he's going to come back. They'll get him back, and they can rush the passer. They got guys who can, you know. Russo, Basham, Von Miller, they can get after the quarterback. The Chargers and the Browns, we referenced this game earlier. Cade York on the field, the kicker for the Browns with a chance to knock off the Chargers from 54. He's got the leg for it. Play clock down to four. Snap. Kick is up, and it is no good. No good. He pushed it right. And I just saw... I just saw a beer fly from the top of the stadium all oh, the way down. Oh, man, that was close. The Chargers are going to get out of here with a win. It's Matt Money-Smith and Daniel Jeremiah on Alt 98.7 LA. And, boy, they uh, they got that opportunity. You mentioned it, Pete, earlier, the, the play call, the decision to go uh, fourth down. When's he going to stop with that? Seriously. I mean, <laughs> he, you know. He's not. He's not going to, Pete. Well, and you know, the analytics guys all came out and said the math said that was the right decision, but um, I don't buy it. I mean, you can talk about all the math you have. 
Here's the other thing with the math. How many times in the history of the league has a score been exactly that at exactly that moment with exactly fourth and two from exactly that spot with two teams that have scored exactly that many points? You know that? Do they know? Yeah. But, Probably not many times. And exactly Correct. the same personnel on the field, too. Correct. And the exact same flow of the game. Yeah. All, you can't figure that out. All the above. Uh, Vikings over the Bears, 29-22. The Patriots blank the Lions, 29 nothing. You heard from Mark today, uh, Tony? No, I have not. <laughs> They're busy, I think, up there today. Saints they had over- a weird call in that game, by the way. Did uh, they? Uh, fourth and nine from about midfield, they decided to go for it. Uh, in the third quarter, second quarter, I think it was third quarter, and he got sacked and fumbled, and they picked it up and ran the other way. Game over. Bad decision. The uh, Saints over the Seahawks, 39-32. Jets all over the Dolphins, 40-17. Bridgewater goes out of the game, Pete. By the new new rules. He he hit his head, and he didn't have concussion issues, but he looked a little wobbly, so they yanked him out, and he couldn't go back in, no matter the fact that he passed the concussion test. So, again – Player safety, Tony, you're going to see guys get pulled off the field if they get hit in the head. And that, that's, you know, whether they're concussed or not, they're getting off. Yeah, don't, don't guys get hit in the head every play? But if you show any sort of a wobble, you're out. What's it called? Yeah. Gross motor. What's it called, Pete? Yeah. 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 It's, it's whatever they call that. But right. if you see any sign of that, you're done. Bucks over the Falcons, 21-15. The 49ers beat the Panthers, 37-15. And the head coach got fired. Matt rules out, Pete. And he should have been out. I mean, I've heard from people that he blamed everybody but himself. Everybody. Did you see a couple weeks ago he blamed the wide receivers they are not getting open? He blamed everybody. But there's nothing worse than somebody who blames everybody. He goes down. He knows he's going down, so he's going to blame everybody but himself. Out he goes. Hey, don't have a pity party for him. The man got in 2020 a $62 million contract. He's going to make. He's walking out of there with $40 million. They don't have a pity party for him. He, he can go sit on the couch and make. Actually, it's $42 million because he's got some some of this year left. Would would look? You could hire me, and I'd go over, and you could fire me and give me that money. I'd be take all the ridicule ridicule you want. You could light me up in every newspaper, every outlet you could imagine. <laughs> There should be a college program uh, opening at some point. Uh, I hope there's not Arizona State. He doesn't cheat enough. <laughs> you you want him to I, cheat. You know who I want. You know who I want for the head coach at ASU. Who's that? You want Urban. Urban. Just to go. He can't for coach it. a lick. He can't coach a lick, but he'll get those players there. You're just going all in. You're all in. Yeah, Pete. yeah. I don't care. Go, I, I I have a short span left in my lifetime. I want to go to a national championship. So do it whatever way you have to do it. Yeah, um, the <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> Eagles took the lead with 145 to go on a Cameron Dicker field goal. The Cardinals had a chance to tie with 22 seconds left and a 43-yard field goal attempt from Matt Amendola. 43-yard attempt. The ball is spotted. The kick is underway, and the kick is no, no good. good. It's it. no good. It is wide right. No good. <laughs> He missed it. The officials hesitated, and he missed it. The Eagles are going to be 5-0. He missed it. He's no Cameron Dicker. He missed it. Wide right. 
Uh, Merrill Reese uh, wants you to know that he missed it. That's on Sports Radio 94 WIP. And by the way, you know what else happened in that game? Did that? you see the end of that game? No. They were driving, and he, Murray got flushed out of the pocket. They had no timeouts left, and he slid. And he thought he had the first down, but he slid. He was behind the first ah. down. The clock's running. So they sent in the – they told him to spike it. But he knew he was short. They announced in the in the, in the loudspeaker it was a first down, but it was still third. It was uh, third down. He spiked it. They had to kick a field goal from there. They would have wow. had. They would have been able to run a play. Should have run a play. Wow. And then spiked it, and then kicked the field goal. As it turns out, they did, and they spiked it on third down, and had to kick on fourth down. Terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Not good. Not good. Cowboys over the Rams, twenty-two ten. And the Ravens and the Bengals on Sunday Night Football. Joe Burrow scored the go-ahead touchdown with two minutes left. Plenty of time, though, to get into the range of the best kicker in the NFL. That's the Ravens' Justin Tucker. Tucker looks at the goalpost, says he's ready. Here's the snap, ball down, kick is on the way from Tucker, and it is good! And the Ravens win! Justin Tucker from 43, and the Ravens win it 19-17. Brian Radke on Westwood 1, and it's one of four field goals for Tucker. And, uh, yeah, he's pretty much deadly when you give him that much time to get into range. He doesn't miss. He's a machine. It's unbelievable. He's a machine. And and you know what else, too? It's not like they're by the uprights, either. They're going right down, right down, the, down middle. the middle. Right down it's the middle. amazing. Is he the best kicker of all time? I mean, I, I guess. Uh, I mean, He's in the I, conversation. Not, yeah, not by numbers yet. But no, but. If he plays long enough, he will be. Right. But, like, if you had one of those guys to make a kick from 48 yards to 50 yards, and it was him or Venetary or Jan Stenerud or Morton Anderson, you would take Justin Duggar. Yeah, right now you would. Yeah. It's hard to argue. Right. Now. We're also we're also a little bit we're victims of the moment. I mean, back in the day, Morton Anderson was like money from everywhere. Well, I know one day he wasn't money. Well, that was, <laughs> that was also near the end of his career. Yeah, I know. Um, but he didn't have so, this. He had a good. Yeah, he had a good leg too. It was like a good but, leg, yeah. Nowadays, the legs are incredible though. A fifty-three yard field goal is like nothing to these guys anymore. It, it is. It is nuts. It is absolutely nuts. There's the a, uh, so go ahead, JP. Okay. Well, I was going to go to Monday night, but uh, go ahead. Did um, in that game, uh, the 49ers game, is that defense playing that good right now, Pete? Well, I mean, that offense is, is awful, though. Yeah. They've played two of the worst offensive lines in the league the last two weeks. The Rams are okay. terrible in the offensive line, and the Panthers are bad on the offensive line. Okay. But, yes, they're playing well. There you have it, our look around the NFL on Sunday. It's time for Monday Night Football. It's an AFC West showdown. Patrick Mahomes and the 3-1 Kansas City Chiefs entertain Derek Carr and the 1-3 Las Vegas Raiders. The Chiefs lead the league at just over 32 points per game, and they have the number one rushing defense in all football. The Raiders started 0-3. They got a big win last week over the Broncos. Who you got at Arrowhead tonight? Kansas City. I'm with you. Kansas City. Kansas City's the, the one of the best teams in the league. He'll light them up. I'm taking Kansas City, and I think they win it pretty easily. Yeah, I do too. Light them hey, up, Pete. 
Hey, Pete, speaking of, and I know we only have a couple minutes here, JP. Did you hear see what Ron uh, uh, Rivera, Rivera said today about Carson Qu- Wentz? Quarterback. <laughs> yeah. How about that? How about that? I mean, about- well, you know what's amazing about that when you think about it? He said that. You're talking about Daniel Jones for the Giants, Cooper Rush for the Cowboys, and Jalen Hurts, who's playing really well, but he was an unknown commodity basically a year ago. So, I mean, just laid out his quarterback. I mean, laid Ron Rivera laid Carson Wentz out, and that that hurts him in the locker room, by the way, too. Now, players already know, but when the head coach is just body slamming you from the top ropes, <laughs> that's that's uncomfortable. Do they need to play Sam Howell? Play, I mean, at this point, play anyone but Carson. Because that's he how actually, you feel about him. He actually didn't play that bad on Sunday either. But at the end of the game, they had a first and goal. You knew he wasn't throwing a touchdown pass. You just knew it. It wasn't happening. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, great show, as always. Tony, uh, congrats again on the weekend. Pete, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. You got it. See you guys. Pete Prisco, CBS Sports. Pro Football Hall of Fame left tackle Tony Baselli, Joe Fortunato, our manager of radio, Brent Reber, Trimpadilla, Cabby Dalton, David Cho. William Pease handles our podcast. Kate Waskey handles our ad placement. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening and watching. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.